Welcome to episode 309 of Crack the Customer Code, where the streets have no name, but the customers do. Let's talk about biases. What do I mean by biases? Well, I mean those things that are part of being human. When we look at the world, we have our certain lens. And biases can be created based on how we were brought up, where we grew up, what we studied in college, what we believe or don't believe, and why we believe it. And reviewing the experience your customers or employees have, that ha- your biases have an influence on that. So as a leader, I want you to think about how your biases, which are human nature, affect the leadership that you provide for customer experience and employee experience. Because it's never easy to have an honest evaluation of your customer experience. But if you're not honest about the fact that you do have biases, it's even harder. So here are some of the things that I've heard that I think we can all relate to. And if you're not aware, then the biases take over. So one of the biases that I've seen is this idea of it will work if we give it more time. So I just saw an example of this recently. And I have to admit, folks, I am guilty of this one because once you get support for an idea or once you start implementing something that was a far off idea and suddenly you see it in reality, it can be very exciting and kind of intoxicating. And so I saw this recently when a company that I was working with, they decided to implement Net Promoter Score, NPS, as a way to track customer loyalty. And after that initiative, which took a lot of groundwork to get off the ground, Once it was going and they had enough data to actually look at, they realized that the old customer satisfaction score that they were using, that actually helped them predict repeat purchases better than NPS. Now, this contradicts a lot of the information that's out there. It contradicted what some of their peers were telling them to do. But this leader made a bold move and basically said, okay, we're going to keep tracking NPS. We're going to keep it kind of in a holding pattern, but we're not going to spend the time and energy to really make sure that that side of the house is as robust as it needs to be because we know that CSAT is giving us the information they need. Really hard decision to make as a leader because the bias is, wait, we invested, we did this. It's our baby right now. We should really focus on it. But if it's not giving you those results, you have to move on. Another thing that I've seen which can impact the customer experience is the, oh, shiny thing (laughs) bias. And it's really easy to have this bias in today's world because I, like anybody else, I love a slick new website and I'm totally a sucker for a cool new infographic or a new app or a new dashboard. Those are all pretty incredible things. And we can strive to create all of that beautiful visual content that we know can be more consumed more quickly and by more people. But we have to remember, what is the purpose of that content? If the pretty pixels aren't delivering useful information to customers or employees, then they're being created in vain. So I have heard this term recently about product packaging, because there's so much emphasis on packaging now. And so in one of the Facebook groups I'm in, It's a group of moms. They were talking about all of those organic delivery services. And one of the things that came up was how one of them provides beautiful but wasteful, that's a direct quote, beautiful but wasteful 
packaging. And it's a shame. And so people started dropping out and saying, I can't in good conscience really, you know, invest in this and get this great, beautiful organic produce because I want to do what's right for shopping local and supporting the farmers and environmental reasons and all those things, and then get all this extra excess packaging that then I can't even recycle. It doesn't add up. So we have to remember that if we're creating something beautiful, it has to serve the customer. I see this a lot with customer journey maps as well, creating beautiful graphics, beautiful posters on the wall. But if they're not used to improve the experience, then they're just that. They're just artwork. So another bias I see again and again is the, I hate that competitor bias. (laughs) Um, And those competitors, they can drive us crazy, especially when they are quicker to innovate, they undersell us or do things we simply can't. But it really burns us up when our customers defect to them. It's especially tough when we as leaders are enlightened. We are trying to be innovative. And the employees are giving 110%. And yet somehow our competitor cuts into a share of our market. And it happens. But here's why. If you're not paying attention to what the marketplace is offering and what is working outside of your own company, you don't really know what you don't know. And so if we're only focused on our competitors in our industry and we're not paying attention to demographic changes, to psychographic changes, to all of these things that are happening, then yes, the competitor is going to keep stealing from us and we're just going to be chasing from them. And so why not look way beyond that competitor and look beyond that bias towards the marketplace in general and where customers are going in the future? And finally, I want to mention two more really quickly. One is the remember the good old days bias. This is something that we hear again and again within large, established organizations. If you're the leader, it's too easy to lean on the success of the past. So saying things like, we pioneered the industry, (laughs) that's great. But if that was 100 years ago, it's time to look beyond that. And you cannot lean on that because customers won't let you. So don't assume that customers will keep loyal today because they were in the past. If you want your company to have a future, you must consider now what will suit your customers' needs in that future. Improvement means always looking ahead. So if you hear that bias come up where people kind of are patting themselves on the back in your organization because remember the good old days, well, start, you know, worrying. (laughs) Start looking ahead and making sure that you don't have that bias too. And finally, and this one, it gives me a little a little, you know, kick in the stomach because I am this person. Another bias is my passion drives everything. That quote, I love working with companies that are experiencing growing pains because that means that growth is happening. But there is a truth to the pain of that growth. Now, what I tend to think of is you know, when puppies are growing and they're in that precious stage where their paws are a little too big for their bodies and they romp around trying to figure out what to do, but they're growing so fast they can't really keep up with it. Well, a lot of times that's what happens with companies. But it's the most dangerous time for the founder of a company because founders, entrepreneurs like me, I'm one of these people, passion is what gets us started. Passion is what keeps us going. Passion is what helps us, you know, work those late nights and travel when it's inconvenient and all of those things. 
but it can be blinding. And so it's important to hang on to that passion, but make sure it's channeled into creating a strong, rewarding company culture and serving your customers eventually at the end of that, not your ego. And I say that again, knowing exactly what it's like to put your heart and soul into something and think that should serve us. And if our customers don't appreciate that, then it's on them. But you can totally overcome these biases by doing two things. One, stick to the facts. Just when it gets tough, look at the facts. Are we growing? Do our customers give us the feedback that we think we deserve? Are there things we're not changing because we feel like we know better than the customers? Look at all of those facts and make decisions based on that. And another thing I would recommend is get a truly outside perspective. If you feel like you are too close, which you probably are, it's time to call in some help. Um, You know, you have my number or whoever you need to really help you look at things from that outside perspective. Because when you're in it, you can't see the other side. You just can't. So this was a little bit longer for just me talking at you. So I hope it's okay. But I really wanted to walk through this with you because I know that as leaders, it's really easy to forget about this stuff. And so we all need these reminders to really serve our employees and our customers in the best possible way we can. Thank you so much for listening to Crack the Customer Code. You can see the show notes for this and all episodes. Subscribe and send us feedback at crackthecustomercode.com. We also love your reviews on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. I'm Jeannie Walters. Don't forget, you can find out all about me at 360connects. That's 360-C-O-N-N-E-X-T.com. And find out about Adam Tworek, my partner, at customersthatstick.com. Until next time, take care of yourself and take care of your customers. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.